This is Series 3 of Brave New You Tribe, and I'm Lou Hamilton, co-founder with Meredith Hepner-Chapman of the clothing brand Brave New You. We welcome you to the stories of real-life Brave New Girls who are creatives, brand builders, entrepreneurs, health practitioners, and campaigners who have the courage to overcome challenges, push the envelope, and envision impactful possibilities for the future. This week's guest is Dr. Vidhi Pandya Patel, a qualified nutritionist and homeopathic medical doctor from India with a working knowledge of complementary medicine. She runs a health and nutrition clinic along with clinical trials with Minerva Research Labs and also works as a lifestyle health coach. Welcome, Vidhi, to Brave New You Tribe. Hi, Vidhi. How are you? Hi, Lou. As always, good. Excellent. <laughs> That's good to hear. It's lovely to see your smiling face. I love that your hashtag on Instagram yes. is smiling Viddy. That's something to live up to each day, isn't it? Yes. That also has a little story. Back in 2015, a lovely lady, uh, just like you, was uh, who saw me for her health assessment. Uh, she happened to be a journalist in Vogue. And she got better with uh, with my treatment and with her ailments. And as a thank you, she wrote an article in Vogue and titled was Smiling Vidi. Oh, I love that. Uh, so, that's, so that became your, yes. your Instagram name. Yes, <laughs> because I loved her way of describing me. I found a new me from her. So I yeah. said, yeah, I, I like the sound of it. Let me use the name. So we're, we're entering... 2021 Mm -hmm. um, after a a sort of fairly rough ride of it in uh, 2020 we've got an opportunity to start again as ever with when January comes but I think we feel it particularly in this coming year and we're at a time when a vaccine has been introduced Mm. it's going to take what a a few months to roll Mm. out um, starting with the very old and then working its way through the population but I'm very interested in in the work that you do and the work that you can help people to do on their own for their own bodies and that sort of natural approach and you know with with the food in our cupboards and our fridges and Mm -hmm. our lifestyle and so with the virus it's very important to look after our immune system so what things have you been doing to sort of help people get as strong as they can so that their bodies can fight fight off the, the viruses as as much as is possible if we go back in time let's say last november 2019 there was few sporadic cases and news um, not much covering about covid gradually come december come january it was it was like wildfire. Everybody was suffering. Nobody had a clue. And it was uh, in, in, in no time declared a global pandemic. Now, this all looks and sounds like coming out of a movie, but we really lived this. We lived the entire 2020 in this horror that are we going to live this year and see the new year or a new beginning. So each one of us, none of us is spared. But And the fact was that we never understood how to help ourselves in a 100% confirmed way. Having the vaccine also out there, we all still have our good and bad ideas and reservations of how it will 
affect the human body at what age gender ethnicity how the, generally the vaccine trials are done for years before they are coming out so that is also a different altogether different chapter to think about but only one thing and one thing which would any doctor in any part of the world would agree is that if you have a strong robust immune system you possibly are safer compared to another group of people or another individual even in the same family so we have seen cases where somebody gets covid in the family unfortunately doesn't live through it but the other two or three people live and and it and they also don't have any associated diseases like diabetes or cholesterol because that is also a case where if you have associated diseases you obviously have more life threatening situations going on when you're covid positive so what is one thing that has always intrigued me as as a doctor is that how how does this uh, covid spare some people and uh, some people succumb to it so so quickly even before they can think of it they are just gone and that only explains with whatever little research i could do at my level was immune system and going back to the basics when about us studying in the medical schools immune system is made up of t cells and b cells and c- certain other types of particular cells now these cells are fighter cells of the body and they need to be happy active running they are the soldiers of the family so for the for the human body so they need to be all the time active they can't go on a lockdown or a curfew in the body so so these immunity boosting cells or immunity um, or life giving cells have have been unfortunately ignored in the in the way we have lived our life over the period of years let's say in the past century gradually as we have become more technology driven as we have become more um, sedentary as we as we have become more uh, plastic factory industrial uh, packaging foods um, it has become difficult to keep an immune system active and running and because we don't see we don't perceive it the basic simple rules if you ask me is some form of exercise can help the immunity work well so i always advise some form of exercise if you ask me i don't like gyms so i mean not in a bad way but i sometimes can get bored going on a machine i'm more of a living interactive person so put some music on and i can dance and sweat all my clothes off so that is my form of exercise other than that i would say stay hydrated drink enough water have a diet that is more sustainable more local more fresh not coming out of packets try to have some good form of herbs which are more essential than ever to keep your moods better because if this little brain is good the rest of the entire body will be in good shape and if the mind is out you can be in no time succumbing to any illness not just coronavirus but any virus even a common cold can get you down just because we are not in a stable state of thinking so 
over the Christmas period, people tend to indulge. We have mm. too much of this, we have too much of that, and people drink mm. and they're Christmas cake and mm. have, you know, mm. big quantities of stuff and mm. they indulge in things that maybe they mm. don't at other times of year. And then they come to January and they go, Oh, okay, mm. so I need to mm. to sort myself out. I do need mm. to get back uh trying to be healthy mm. and build up my immune system again. So you've we've kind of had a, a bit of a, a slip and we're trying to kind of kickstart ourselves so what sort of things would you what do you re recommend then to kind of fast track us back onto the straight and narrow mm. first of all uh, if you can keep yourself at bay from stress if you stress is part of life now that's a modern age new buzzword stress is everybody's part of life so you cannot say keep away from stress even a monk living on a mountain cannot be stress-free so stress is not anybody's uh, choice it is a part and parcel of life now but if we can manage it if we can tame it if we can live through it without getting succumbing uh, the effects of stress we are a winner poor diet if you can in the new year think of more we talk of five fruits a day but do we talk of vegetables I am more of a person who would say, have your five vegetables a day. Even if it is celery, cucumber, carrot, cabbage, seasonal, beetroot, any any bits of vegetables if you can have. Five vegetables a day, three or four times a week. That's it. The rest of the days you do what you like. But just to, not that you have to have five vegetables seven days a week. But just something. Don't make vegetables a side portion. Vegetables don't mean potato chips. So try and think of making them a bit more part of your plate. Third would be having more of a life where you don't get too bloated. Because bloating is a very simple thing that we don't talk to the doctors. But you, when you get bloated, bloating is basically like an indigestion or feeling heavy, gassy, windy after you eat something. You would be surprised. I get nine out of 10 clients in past five years or even more, or since I started my practice, nine out of 10 people say, yes, I'm bloated. Yes, I'm bloated. And bloating means clearly you're not digesting the food well that you ate. Whether you ate something like um, chips or croissant or bread, bread, or whether you ate the best salmon in the world or whether you ate uh, the best spinach in the world if you didn't digest it it hasn't done any much good to you so if you can have a lifestyle where you can not get that much bloated be able to ensure that you digest your food well you're clearly a winner so that sort of all seems very manageable mm -hmm. and feasible and and it's all sort of everything that you do is based on a a sort of very ancient tradition mm. isn't it with you studied Ayurveda you studied um, all mm. sorts of complementary mm. uh, medicine back in mm. India can you talk about that ancient tradition and how you came to be practicing mm. it I am the eldest in my family we are we are a family of four I'm the elder sister and I have a younger sister so back in the day uh, my mum she is um, she's retired now, but she was a practicing uh, GP come pediatrics. So she was into pediatrics and GP. So, and back in the day, it wasn't much uh, help that she was managing to get as as part of looking after us. So we used to accompany her 
when she was working and it was uh, we would we would play in a safe area but from a distance in 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 a hospital we were able to see her work so i was very astonished and very intrigued and had like had a lot of jaw dropping moments that she would put her stethoscope on and would auscultate uh, people's chest and then straight away say mm, you have you seem to have bronchitis or you seem to have asthma or you seem to have something so i was very like mm, okay you are sitting in a very powerful position you guide people you you must be knowledgeable so back home i was like she's mum mum that's all and when i would like chapter 2 go back to the hospital and see her at a distance she would also do injections and she wasn't even scared doing that so everything for me you know like um, like somebody has a a hero moment i had such moments multiple times looking at my mom doing what she was doing and then she seemed like a magician in a way she is really because sometimes there were so many cases who were more psychosomatic meaning they didn't have actual conditions but they would only get better with says her reassurance so and this was something that the nurses would tell and i would not obviously go and disturb her but after the patients left they would discuss and i was able to hear them out that oh she didn't have any problem it was just a situational or she needed reassurance and so basically i was intrigued that they were able to judge what was real what was unreal what was if it was real what they needed to do to help the person and my mom never jumped to antibiotics she was always thinking although being a medical professional working in the government hospital like we have here in nhs she gave time to clients after the even through her personal time where she was supposed to leave for home we saw that okay mom we are running late we are hungry but she would still help others and i saw that through day in day out even she when as i was about 10 or 12 i was also accompanying her on night shifts where she would work from 8 pm to 8 am in the morning and i would see her closely help people so this was throughout my childhood that i was able to see this closely and i was sure i want to do something like this not just one day but i wanted to do this for the rest of my life so that made me passionately go and help people whether it is 100 people or whether it is one person i could help or make a difference in my life that made me more and more stronger and able i started to study towards it all i wanted was to put a stethoscope on and 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 check people and say oh, whether you have this or not so that became like a dream were you wanting to become a traditional doctor was that was that the aim i just wanted to be like her and she was a medical doctor just like a gp here who would prescribe um, antibiotics or just a normal medicine doctor but she had a choice and because we grew up in a smaller city back home in india she had a choice to advise people to take a herbal medicine instead of that and people would do that so she was not bound to say that you should and should do x y z she would give a suggestion and i was intrigued with that she would give ideas of why don't you take such these leaves and triturate in your mortar and pestle add some fresh honey add some fresh um, turmeric in it and have it three times a day if it doesn't get better i'll give you amoxicillin which is the name of an antibiotic so i was like yeah this is such a good 
wise combination allowing people to decide giving time and she said i'm not running away anywhere you can come tomorrow or a day give yourself 48 hours try something natural first and people would do that because they had a reassurance so i wanted to do this in this part of the world when i started my practice or in high street kensington i was just over the counter pharmacy girl i was working and one strange incident happened one day a lady just fell in just front of the pharmacy and had a big cut on her lip and it and this because being a subcutaneous membrane it started bleeding profusely she definitely needed stitches but because it was a pharmacy she came running running in and she said what do i do obviously it was a pharmacy so we can do a bit of first aid but she had to do stitches and go to the hospital but in the meantime i advised if you have some turmeric dab it on and she was like it's not going to sting or hurt or harm me and i'm like it will help just like another betadine would help you so another local or just if you put a cotton gauze on it will only clot the blood in few minutes 3 to 4 minutes as how it's supposed to be so she said yeah and she she was an indian so she understood she, i think i reminded her of the roots and she said oh yeah i think i should so she before she ran into nhs and she had to sit down for some time before she had her um call she did what i said on the way back and she came back about 20 25 days ago and said look they said i didn't need to get it stitched and it healed without a scar it didn't leave a scar so she showed me and I, and that day again back here in london and i was still amazed at how 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 happily she came back that my lip is not disfigured with a scar and since then i was always convinced that my um, culture all this indian medicines and and how it is supposed to be in this part of the world useful i should bring that knowledge here and then make it an informed choice for the for the patient or the client whether you want to do this or not so did you did you go back to india to train then i um the thing was i i came here with all the degrees so i had everything that i needed to it wasn't just sure that how would i practice in regards to which exams to sit or what legalities to do but i was sure that this was something i wanted to do before even coming here or being here or even if i was there i would have done the same because i was smitten by my mom's way of practice so it was definitely homeopathic medicine that you'd studied and complementary and ayurvedic and back home in india what the thing is that it is a combination that you do your modern medicine you do your anatomy physiology as you do when as you are um, a normal medical doctor but you also have another subject through the first 6 years of your education which is uni that you are studying the complementary medicine homeopathy nutrition side by side so you you we like in the second year we had pathology and forensic medicine third year we had gynecology and obstetrics fourth year we had surgery so we did everything but it was like either you become a gp or you practice like a normal doctor but you can also embrace functional medicine complementary medicine and practice that so it was a very gentle combination of both the worlds 
that sounds a very sort of natural and completely reasonable combination mm. to 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 bring the two together but in this country that's not such a, a usual mm. thing so when you came here how did you approach deciding mm. what you were going to practice how you were going to practice what you were going to offer did you come up against any problems I know that there has been some issue for homeopathic yes. doctors in mm. Europe how has that been for you? Since I would say, if uh, if I if I tell you, I started my practice in 2010 here. Complementary medicine, Ayurveda, homeopathy, especially, was chosen as the last resort if nothing works. So if you have tried everything and if nothing works, let's try this. That was the mindset of a common man back in the day. Not now, thankfully, but back in the day, it was a mindset which I don't blame or moan about it was just that there were not enough provings to prove under a microscope that this is how this medicine works but it is existing for a reason it is doing well for a reason but it has always had been compared to the modern medicine because sometimes in modern medicine it is put down as evidence-based approach but on the other side this it is the same approach when the patient who has a visible condition, let's say eczema, two ways to treat it. One is put a steroid, hydrocortisone, 0.5% on it, prednisolone, let's say a higher one, steroid, very common in the medical world, and it disappears. Second approach, which is how I got my patients, they would come back and tell me that I have put this particular cream, steroidal cream, on for years it doesn't go away. If I stop using the cream, it comes back. So it is good until I use the cream. The day I stop using the cream, it is back. So this is my say, which all the homeopathic doctors would believe, that this is not called treatment. This is symptomatic relief, that you, you take something and it works as long as you keep taking it. That is, that is not a cure. And the side effects are not much talked about. The skin thinning, discoloration, your skin becomes thin as you are applying steroid every day in and out because it is itchy. I just gave an example of eczema because that just came to my head because it is visible and people can objectively see. There are so many other conditions that people subjectively feel. Depression. People have to take certain level of antidepressive medications. They come back and tell me they have taken this X, Y, and Z medication for, let's say, six years, four years, X amount of years, and it only does it increase. They started 10 milligram, then they are on 25, 50, 75, 100, 150 milligrams. But what the problem was isn't going. So this was an example of subjective medical condition. So what mm. you're looking at is uh, the root cause yes. of things. And that's what you treat the rather than symptoms. the symptoms. Because if the root cause is going to be treated, all these, um, it's like a domino effect. So if the root cause is going to be addressed and treated, which is a bit tricky and difficult to find, it is not A to B. It's not a simple straight dot to dot line. So if these, if, if we are able to dig into a root cause of, an ailment that is uh, that is surfacing on a human body, that's where you are healing the patient, curing the patient therapeutically, 
holistically and on all the platforms, not just subjectively clearing out what is visible. And so you you look at um, food and exercise. Yes. You look at um, the herbs that they might need. might need. Yeah. Uh, so supplements, homeopathic yes. remedies. Yes. So you sort of take a full approach to the full mm. body. Yeah. I'm I'm interested in in this sort of concept of the of the whole mm. body and obviously we're we're kind of one we exactly. are one system and and normally doctors tend to look at the individual body parts and see well we need to fix this bit and then we need to fix that bit but the way that you your practice works is to to look at the whole body to the, look at the whole systems mm. and you you work with this machine yes. <laughs> which at first kind of when I first heard about it I thought wow that's just that's a magical machine but it's essentially it's like an ECG Mm, for the heart and also you see something similar but but not quite as sort of comprehensive in gyms Mm. where they can measure your BMI your your um, body fat on yeah so we kind of we know this technology we just don't know it at the extent that 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 you work with it so can you talk a bit about how that how you came to be working with that your initial kind of skepticism Mm. when you when you first were sort of trialing it and then how you sort of you you found enough proof to to say yes actually this is a really good way of diagnosing or a diagnostic of of like an MOT Mm. really of what's going on in the body this kind of uh, technology was not available when I was uh, studying back home in India, neither when I was practicing. So it was completely, fairly new to me when I was um, exposed to something like this. So obviously being uh, a medical professional and we, we have be being taught that blood test is equal to everything. And back in the day, it was blood test was the most accurate way of finding things out. And if that is not... But we always tend to sometimes feel that that can also have errors. They are not always based on exact believable outcomes. Not all of them are non-believable, but it has various factors like what you ate before the test, what you uh, did 24 hours prior to the test, how was your physical, mental, emotional ability before we undergo a blood test. But I was having my skepticism and I was not able to believe that something that is not taking any fluid from my body, not urine, not blood, not saliva, how was it able to pick up on so many things? I thought it was an algorithm. I thought it was a marketing gimmick. I thought it was like something to only draw patients in and, and you know, amuse them with wow and have a wow factor and 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 that's all but gradually what i did was i stopped asking uh, so let's say if you came to see me i wouldn't ask anything or take any questions from you i wouldn't take a history or a case from you i would uh, strap you up with the wires put you put you on the scanner and uh, let the machine pick up on things and then once the reports are in front of us, which you which you know it takes about three to four minutes only, then we look at the reports together. I look at it, you look at it, and we discuss that, okay, this is being 
written or picked up this is the graph like an ecg it could also have some graphs up and down so i would be able to read it and then we see then i started to see that okay does this make sense is it relating or uh, identifying with the client's needs or the patient's uh, what they are here to see me for and surprisingly eight or nine out of ten times it came spot on so i it took me two years to believe honestly because i wasn't that busy in my practice in the past we all had to start slow but it's okay it was a learning learning curve but i understood that this technology is working and that's when i started to be more confident and more able and more enthusiastic to talk about it and tell people that look and most now back in the memory lane if i tell i would say the machine was a tool for me i stress got better the machine is still the same i got the human brain got more smarter sharper vigilant in the experience that i got from seeing the clients in past 10 years is definitely mine and that is something that has made me see through the scan also that okay this could be wrong or this could be right but we have to see what to do from here because the most important question is not just finding out what the problem is maybe you know when you come to see me what you have as a problem but what can i offer as a solution to you to help you from the suffering that you're suffering from how to get you out of it in the most natural and holistic way in the most wise way where we are not completely trying to say okay the medicine world is bad and modern medicine is cruel steroid is bad no that is not my point the way to balance it delicately if you need something from this way of practicing it is fine after all what matters is how you feel in your life in regards to your health mood emotions your vital force your vitality should make you feel not just disease free but a normal healthy self so your healthy state if it is brought back by a paracetamol it's okay if it is brought back by turmeric that's also okay so what is right for you at that time point of time became my priority so i would identify that what should i do and what should i give as an advice to this person at this point of time so the machine hmm. you can sort of see all yes. the systems all the different organs yes. that um it might be your musculature yes. it might be your nervous mm. system your digestive system mm. it it can see all those and measures it in at, as a mm. graph and so then it's for you to mm. read the graph yes. but it also it's it also seems to point to things that, that sort of potentialities yes, in the body possibilities yes that you could yes that there might be something that could potentially go mm-hmm. wrong so so you say okay well let's let's keep an yes. eye on this and then the next time you come will and what was it you said about like testing three times thyroid kind of see whether, whether it was whether you suffer because i wouldn't say that you have um, let's say hyper or hypothyroidism in one go using the machine because hormones sway very easily based on stress what you ate genetic factors 
um so i would say that whether if i would like if i would want to say that you seem to have all the symptoms and also coming up on the scan saying that you may have an underactive thyroid i would still do the scan three times or if i'm still not sure i would say you should do a blood test a thyroid profile and then we take it from there so it will always be monitored rather than just from one scan claiming that you have underactive thyroid start taking this or else in the meantime all the advices in case if it is let's say underactive thyroid i just took a random name of the disease so just going through that as an example so if if somebody i think has all the symptoms of an underactive thyroid i would start thinking of certain foods that will help them get better certain herbs that will help them get better and in the meantime while we still are in the process of doing a couple of scans more or a blood test eventually you never know you get better with all these uh, lifestyle modifications put in place so we eventually are not aiming at naming or tagging a, a person with you have xyz disease or you have something blah 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 it is more important to find a solution to anything existing or possibly existing or or even if someone says oh my both of my parents have high cholesterol so i would be very alert and try and tell them that look we should do something in the meantime while you are young and robust that we don't end up getting the the genetic uh, factor active and you get into cholesterol very easily so it is a way of treating people through the journey it's a lifestyle approach where it is not a 10 day fix my aim is never giving supplements or herbs or or anything for life it is only for an x amount of time that's all after all food is the first medicine and so people are sort of being given the tools to manage their own health mm. look after their health prevent things mm. getting worse mm. or or having them at all that's quite powerful stuff mm. isn't it i wonder why that's not maybe it is getting better now but why commonplace medicine doesn't um, embrace this as part and parcel of what they do mm. i know it's not included in the education <laughs> but be they could be working with practitioners like yourself i would love to see this in place someday uh, we can always have optimistic uh, visions isn't it but i think time time is the number one factor we need more people in place we are struggling at nhs with the number of people in like how it was like we had people work 24 hour shifts but we didn't have enough staff so how can we for example if a client comes to see me i spend at least 45 minutes minimum with one person and they when they leave the room they think they are they are enriched with everything in regards to how they can help themselves and that is not coming out of a search engine it is coming out of their own bodily needs so it is putting knowledge in place telling them what they need to do in their own particular lives it's more a bespoke kit uh, tailor made approach not just telling don't have alcohol don't smoke don't do sugar we all know that but it's not about telling no's it's about telling 
yeses yeah here and there i never tell anybody don't smoke don't have alcohol don't do this don't do that don't exercise or i would say even like you mentioned about christmas it's a is a spirit it's a festivity people eat for feeling good so it is there it's more about love shared through food so i wouldn't say it is a bad thing but i would say wisely putting things in your mouth where you don't have to worry too much afterwards moderation is the key so enjoying even the not so right foods is a part of life but wisely not in an abundant way where we are not able to shift it so it's it's never or never i would i mean it's not like don't don't do this don't do that that they would do in a retreat center for 10 days and then they would say okay back to normal day 11 I mean, obviously, you know, I, I said to you when I came to you for my migraines, mm. you know, this is this is such an amazing mm. machine. Why is it not in in every um, yeah. GP practice? And 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 rightly said, you know, that there isn't there isn't the yes. time for for a GP to 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 spend with each mm. patient doing that. But is there a kind of vision for the future that you could see a way of kind of partnering with the NHS or? finding a way where it can be more available across the board to to people without means mm, um yes. you know people who you know everybody, everybody needs really. it why not i have always had a vision where knowledge should be accessible this tool the machine that we are talking of is more a knowledge transfer isn't it i understood bits and pieces about your body and you explained to me a bit about that let's say i have migraines and i have this and these are my problems so some things you explained to me some things which you didn't know was picked up by the machine and some things through my knowledge and experience we put into use like a solution part if this is um the case put in uh, in a let's say a normal gp setup it will definitely take at least 30 minutes if, even if we want to squeeze it so the only way to have this in place would be either have more holistic centers developed where people make an informed choice let's say right now they go to a gp and they know what they would get at the end which is a prescription which is something they would then go to the pharmacy and get it or further investigation referral to a hospital so these are the two in a flow chart let's say if i put it this is the outcomes more more and less more or less it is going to be like this but in the holistic centers that i vision and and plan we should have gps with a certain amount of knowledge in the alternative medicine in the world of nutrition and maybe they take less number of people a day but give them exactly what they need sometimes my clients come back and say that if i have a vague complaint let's say i'm tired most of the time or i'm bloated or i feel that i have high stress i sometimes get headaches palpitations so if i go and tell this it is not summing up to a disease so they don't have an advice and eventually it becomes neurofen as an advice which is not the solution so people who are in this area in this uh, group where they don't actually have a disease 
but they are going towards the disease by not addressing these vague cries of help. This is the body's way of trying to seek help, having fatigue, having, um, let's say, bloating or certain amount of hair loss. This is a part of life where body is trying to tell that there are some things that are not right. It is not always aging. As young as 20-year-old having alopecia areata, this is not genetics or aging. She suffered from high stress. Two months later, she had alopecia areata. Alopecia areata means sudden bald patch in, in the head coming from nowhere. 20-year-old girl. So this, this kind of cases where you don't have a fully blown up disease, but there is cries of help that body is trying to ask for and it is still not summing up to a disease these kind of places where people can go and get themselves sorted without requiring a proper let's say pharmaceutical grade medicine should be opened across the uk and elsewhere in europe where access to your own bodily uh, signs you are explained you don't need to eventually google because most of the times people come and say i googled it i think i have this i so it is a pity to see people in either you have a huge disease i have got high cholesterol i've got eczema i've got depression i've got pcod or nothing so what about people in between there's a huge chunk of people who are not diseased but who are not healthy. So that area is not looked at. In the past, this alternative practice, I mean, it's not alternative, mm. it is an ancient mm. practice. Isn't it? It's actually the yes. traditional practice. In the East, it's it's what was in existence mm. for, for thousands mm. of years. But, you know, bringing it to, to the West, there has been pushback, mm. hasn't there? And so what, what have the challenges been for you in getting your practice out there to to people that need it basically like i said nine out of ten people have come prepared when they come and see people like us that i have googled so even before i could help them or bring light to anything they already have made their notions clear that i'm not going to take those little white balls of homeopathy i'm not going to take a herb i'm not very keen on supplements they are just hocus pocus and they are only part of marketing and i'm not going to take a multivitamin which i'm not asking you to but this is a this is a mindset that people come with that i don't want this so half knowledge is dangerous isn't it so when such kind of challenges come when you come with half open half closed mind and reservations about what you have read online or google or some journalist writing this is not enough proved or this is not for example this vaccine it is it is great seemingly great but what about the provings time will tell but we are embracing it is the need of the situation and that is the hope we have we are giving it a fair chance same way we are in a situation where an antibiotic or a steroid is something that is not helping you at the same time a multivitamin is not helping you either so what could it be that you could do? And that is the challenging thing. Some of my clients 
I literally tell them you don't need anything. You perhaps just need good sleep. You just need three liters of water a day. You just need to eat well. And and that will also sort your life out. So there's not always a huge list of supplements or herbs or, or advices given at the end. Small little lifestyle modifications can make a huge difference. But when people come with a reserved mind, now this was something I would say a challenging part 10 years ago. I'm glad this is changing and I have seen that shift happening. I have clients who come and say, I think I'll tell you the latest example, which I did watch for an online client, uh, about 11 months old little baby girl. Um, she had recently developed eczema on her bum and on her tummy. And uh, the mom, she, she, she was my client before she got pregnant. And then she didn't need to see me and she was fine. And then she thought, oh, wait a minute. Let me talk to her before I go to the normal steroidal ointment. And she was advised by her GP that she was a very kind GP. She said, I'm very skeptical to write uh, um, this uh, stash cream for your little one. Do you want to try something else? I don't know what, but do you want to try something else? And if it doesn't work, come back. That's when she thought of me. Um, the client and said mm, oh yeah I think I should ask her if she can help might as well at least there is no side effects I'll give her I mean me she said 15 days and see if my treatment for her, this little girl works if it doesn't she has got a wave into the steroidal ointment and I said yeah fair enough very honest very nice I like that and I just took her, I saw some pictures, took the case online because of the COVID, not seeing many clients in in person. This was about three months ago. And she was fine. Her, her, her eczema was drying off, withering off, reducing. And she sent me pictures a week later. And in two weeks, she had about 70 to 80% cleared. She still had a bit. I said, let's wait one more week if it doesn't clear in two more weeks but at least we know that it is moving in the right direction so we are not wrong and we haven't chosen the wrong remedy we haven't caused any disturbances on her routine like sleep moods uh, appetite everything stable that means we are in the right direction a month later she sends me she is absolutely fine and she she said can you find the eczema spot i mean just tricking me that can can you spot where it was? Because we were not able to. And that satisfies me that if I was able to bring that joy in that little family of three, I can do anything. So any amount of challenges, like you asked me coming, will be overcome with these kind of testimonials that I have blessed with, I'm blessed with. So come what may, I mean, if I'm able to help even a bunch of people, a handful of it, I have done a difference for the community. People, when they're feeling poorly and they're worried about things that are, are causing them ill health or a low state mm. of health, can be quite fearful mm. and, you know, maybe not even want to know what this thing mm. is. And But when they do come to you, then it, it sort of shows some kind of courage. And I wonder what how you define courage in terms of health. 
I think we all know deep down because life is a continuous learning curve, isn't it? We all learn something. It's up and down, never a straight line. Practical experiences, theoretical experiences. This is all the part of life. We all know where I think this is my strong belief system. People can agree or disagree on that. But I believe deep down we all know where we are going wrong. We all have a sense of self that we are the best judge for our own life choices, our own thought patterns, our own decisions we make. Whether it is good, not good, it doesn't exist outside, it exists in within. So the most important thing I would say as courage is to understand your inner voice what are you doing right and wrong? Where are you succumbing to? Whether it is social media pressure, whether it is comparison, which is the worst enemy because we tend to compare ourselves a lot. Somebody at this age is this successful, this fit, earns this much. So where we are going down is gradual and within. So the first thing is the courage and the first step starts is to identify our own demons, our own potholes and, uh, and quicksand kind of situation that drag us down. If we are able to come out of that, we can fly. We can, we can fly with, with no limits. So when we are able to understand where we stand, what to eat, what not to eat, how much to eat, where can I give myself a good uh, leeway to eat? Where can I stop feeling guilty about what I ate? This is all a part of your own inner experience. And, and if you don't understand, people like us are there to explain you, not to put you down and say, don't do this, don't do that. Like I said, the, it, it takes courage to talk to yourself. It takes courage to advise yourself. For example, I'm... I'm advising tens and thousands of people. But the most difficult, as I would say and confess, is to advise Vidhi, advising Vidhi. <laughs> that is the most difficult thing. To advise me, myself, that this is where you're going wrong. My ego and alter ego will stand up and say, no, no, I did this, I did that. I did this for this very reason. So I have a lawyer in me to help and fight back. So where you can... Address yourself, have a minute of introspection every day, talk to yourself where you went wrong. That is, a, that is a courageous thing you are doing. If we spend enough time with ourselves, we will have enough courage to put our bad side down and lift up the good side, which each, of un, each one of us have. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vidi, for your words in helping people to take an alternative approach and a natural way for everyone to to find their own way through healthcare through their own their own ability mm -hmm. to find where where things go wrong and what they can do to help themselves mm -hmm. along with alternative practice and the NHS and and all the great care mm -hmm. that that you all um, across the board give to us so i really thank you for providing the healthcare that you provide for the advice and for telling us about our our own inner voice and our own abilities to to find courage and 
find our mm. own healthcare. Always a pleasure, Lou. I see your beautiful smile and it lifts me up. <laughs> Thank you so much, Vidi, and I'll see you Take soon. Care. Take, Take care. care. Thanks so much, Vidi, for showing us what we can do to get our bodies MOT'd so that we can manage our health with inside knowledge and understanding. You can find out more about Vidi's work on www.minervalabs.com slash clinic and follow her on Instagram at smilingvidi. Thanks also to Podstar PR for producing the series and to you, our tribe, for listening. Download, rate and review on your podcast provider so that we can keep bringing you this free podcast. Goodbye for now and see you next time.